Coco Show. This is a pop culture variety show for your ear holes with sketches, music, interviews, and games. I'm your host, Yummy Coco, aka Colette Prosper. I am a comedy writer and filmmaker. On this show, we talk about everything, uh, including animation, elections, Beyonce. Oh my goodness. Uh, with this week's guest, Obi Arsuku, who is an amazing illustrator amazing writer uh has great stories and he also goes by obi aris online so check him out uh, and if you like the show give it five stars it's how you can help people to find the show and five stars on apple music and if you listen to it on another service uh and you can leave some kind of review or star uh, thing do that and you'd be doing me a great service and uh, what else I missed you last week I'm sorry I'm back there's no sketch this week I've been writing I've been doing a lot of stuff on the DL and so I'm just doing like my DL shit and I'm sorry I don't have a sketch um, but once I'm done doing my down low stuff uh, I will be, um, I don't know, up high with sketches. Uh, I was trying to look for the opposite of down low. So in the meantime, check out Obi and listen up. We talk about a lot of stuff, um, mostly animation and a little bit about driving uh, because that was also uh, a big deal for me is uh, those three accidents that I had one by one over th a three-week period, got into three car accidents, and my therapist was like, um, what's the connection there? Uh, the second one was totally not my fault. Like, somebody bashed into us, but, like, the other two, uh, you know, I, I've, I've done some soul-searching with my driving, and um, I've come to realize a lot of things, and uh, I'm, I'm trying to make amends. So... Uh, as I ponder that, as you ponder that, as you ponder your driving skills, um, check out my interview with Obi. Awesome. Let's get into my talk with illustrator, cartoonist. I would also say TV creator, Obi. And writer. And writer. writer. Obi. Aris Wuku. Arisuku. Obi Arisuku. It's a beautiful name. You also go by Obi Aris on Insta. 
and all, all socials. And that's the reason. Yes. <laughs> and I want to talk about your name. I want to talk about you. I want to talk about, you know, you being from Texas and coming out to L.A. to pursue your cartoon dreams. Um, what cartoon dreams look like for you, like what, what you want that to be. So I want to talk mm -hmm. to you about animation, also staying creative amidst an injury um, and just everything else that's going on in your life. Welcome. This is incredible. You're super talented. You're super popular on Insta. You have like almost 300,000 followers. So uh, whoever's listening out there, you're in for a real treat. I met Obi. Um, I met Obi first. I He spoke at... Um, one of our tribe meetings and was it was about animation working in animation and then i uh, met obi in person at amy and obi's uh and and Anch, um kinesia's uh super special one year anniversary super exciting so um obi welcome coco yes yes i love and, and i love when we first met and you told me what your your podcast um, name it yummy yes. cocoa, and I was like, Yeah, I fuck with <laughs> Yeah, it's a it's a cutesy, cheeky play on words because my name is Colette, everyone calls me Colette. Uh, but uh, yeah, cocoa in Haitian Creole means pussy, but uh, so I, you know, it is, it's sort of like, um, I talked, I talk mostly to women, but I, I do talk to men occasionally, mm -hmm. like yourself. Um, but yeah, there is a sort of a, a celebration of, of you know, feminine energy um in in this podcast so it's all good i i jammed beyonce renaissance and <laughs> my bad bitch came out as soon as the album was which over song, i was like oh my which god which song really like hit it for you was it pillow on the was it something on the sofa pillow on the sofa no it's the one that everyone plays um that was in my pilates class no it's today. the one that <laughs> i can't wait to start doing pilates again no it's, it's the one where everyone has uh is it america has a problem yeah and that's the one where everybody's like, they see all the, the Twitter videos of everybody like, you know, putting people's like dances from people from like the 70s uh -huh. or people from other countries and they put that song behind it. I am saying it right, right? America has a problem or America's got a problem. Yeah, I think it's, um, I think it's America's got a problem. Okay, America's got a problem. Yeah, yeah man. Oh, damn. The Beehive's gonna come after me. I apologize, but the album is it's It's so, so, it's so fire. Um, it's great. Um, I wish that America's got a problem was a little bit more political. But I, I love the title because, yeah, we do. There is a problem. Huge yeah. problem. But, hey. Yeah. What I realized, because I, I really like getting into politics a lot. And I realized two things. One, me constantly watching the news is not good for my mental no. health. Because it, it literally gives you a headache, it gives you a migraine. It makes you angry at everybody yeah. for no fucking yeah. reason, right? And the second thing I realized, and this sounds kind of messed up because again, I'm, I'm really big into politics and big into change and things like yeah. that. But something like, we, what are we gonna do about yeah. this? Like we can't, like it took the entire world to literally march and protest to get one cop. Yes. One cop thrown in the yeah. jail. And so you see all these politicians, like they've been doing this shit. Um, like we, when they do something or, or they make some kind of, you know, remark or, do anything especially trump mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. they get away with it and all they do all they do is say let's just sit it out wait it out and let it die and then we'll come back like it, it's really frustrating and america has a problem because the people who are supposed to be put on the highest pedestal aren't held to the same accountability as 
us regular folks. No, it's you know very what I mean? hypocritical. And it's frustrating as hell. Yeah. Very. Yeah, I mean, you're you're mentioning um, George Floyd or even like Ahmaud Arbery. Those and they mm -hmm. had to have videos. Like you had to have like real solid proof like it couldn't just be someone saying like hey this happened and this was fucked up it had to be like solid proof that like this person was brutally murdered for there to be action um so that you, and that's also frustrating in itself is to not be taken seriously and even on a smaller scale when you have you have a a, a black woman who um a black woman who votes outside of her district oh my because God. she didn't know, or she didn't know she could she couldn't yes. vote, and she gets thrown in jail. But you have politicians who have literally been doing that, right? And they get caught in public, and nothing happens. Oh yeah, yeah. Right? So it's, yeah, it's it's frustrating. Yeah, shit. yeah. A lot, and a lot of them are registered in two different states. It's two different yeah, states, bullshit. other people's addresses. Yes. Nothing yes. happens to them at all. Oh, my goodness. And then, uh, you know, my cousin was talking to me about Haiti and how um, and I don't know the current situation when this episode comes out. This is towards the at the end of October. Um, but as of right now, people are are stuck in their homes, um, basically mm -hmm. are being held hostage by the gangs that have um, taken over the country. Uh, they mm -hmm. are against the current um, prime minister that was um that was put in place after the the president was assassinated there's no water um there's uh just people are, are not able to circulate uh it's it's a war zone basically and um you know there are a lot of theories behind it um one of which is just to let the country like totally go to shit so that mm -hmm. you know the colonialists basically um not colonialists but you know what i mean can like come in and like <clears throat> take over yeah. the country and you know restore and that, and that, and it and that's, that's, that's what they do that, that's part of their strategy i think john bolton was john bolton was one of those political yeah. people um he said this is months ago um especially when it came to like the russia ukraine mm -hmm. war and he was like you know he knows what's going on he's, he said he's helped uh overthrow governments yeah. all the time yeah <laughs> and it's like, i do that all the time said it, he said it, all the time he just said it like on CNN. Yeah. you know throw over uh, i'm like yeah what? and everybody's like what the fuck yeah is no i mean you but, wonder why uh haiti is in the problems it's it's been punished ever since it um sought to be an independent country so it's 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 been mm -hmm. a, a long game but yeah so it's it's very frustrating um, and that's another one where it's just like, what can you do? What can I do? Like as a as a Haitian person in California, um, just sort of hearing from from family members, you know, what's going on? Like, what can I do to to help, you know, my my con my family's country, you know? Um, and then I'm even and then I'm even afraid to send money yeah. because Red Cross keeps most of the yes. money. Uh, and then you're like, all right, let me send the Black Lives Matter. We found out that Black Lives Matter, <laughs> not the not the yes. message behind it, because I'm very pro Black Lives yeah, Matter, sure. but the organization she was stealing yeah. money who was over it. I'm like, damn, you can't. It's 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 just really really hard. Even with the whole thing going on in Mississippi with the oh water situation, it's like, who do I send money to? How do I get this money over to the people who actually want to use it for something good? Like, how do I send water out yeah. there? It's just it's it's difficult. I I, I did donate to. Um, three three or four people i think i donated this morning to um beto o'rourke 
come from okay. Texas. I don't think he's going to win, but oh, I hope he does. That would it's be long, nice. Yeah, shot. it really is. Yeah, uh, I, I donate. Yeah, I donate to Warnock's campaign. Yeah, I have to do um, that. Uh, yeah, I donated to Karen Bass yes. in Los Angeles, um, her campaign, and I donated to Tim Ryan because Tim Ryan had a debate um, last night, and he just destroyed J.D. Vance from the Ohio Senate uh, debate. So I was like, let me give this white man my money. Yes, he deserves, yes, he deserves a couple of bucks. J.D. Vance is um, dangerous, very dangerous. Yeah, so, is, so is Herschel Walker. They're all they're all dangerous people and and have mm -hmm. sure shots of, of winning. So that's yeah, yeah, that's it's a it's very scary times that we're we're living in. Um, but mm -hmm. we are creatives. Um, you yep. are very creative. You are a great artist and you Appreciate have uh, a very popular following on Instagram where you you present your your comics. Um, you um, you also specialize in uh, in child uh, children's book art, graphic design. You're from Houston. Um, so like where's where where does the OBRS start? What, what's your what's your origin story? Because like, you know, and your name is Obi. My my cousin just had a, a son. Uh, shout out to my cousin Christian, who has a, a son named Obi. Um, very illustrious name. Yes. So, you know, <laughs> you you're you're from Texas. You when when did you start drawing? My son draws. I, I have sketchbooks for him in the car and he just like sketches stuff. They're kind of scary looking because it's like um, like video game characters. So like what's your your drawing origin story for, just we start for your son love be creative that's it as long as you don't start seeing you know weird kind of psychopathic murders looking <laughs> things that's when you get concerned yeah. right but other than that let them be creative like let them work out give them like comic books and like tell them like to, to copy illustrations of his favorite like you know characters or poses or whatever uh -huh. and that'll get them stronger and things like that so um it's similar, similar to me when I started drawing. I started drawing as pretty much a toddler um, because I love cartoons so much. And I started drawing the uh, Ninja Turtles. Nice. And then from there, I went to like Bugs Bunny. Michelangelo is my favorite. Tweety Bird. That's what... Mm, there we go. <laughs> Cowboy. That's what I'm talking Pizza. about. Yes. Yeah, he was so cool. Yes. Uh -huh. That's my dog yes. right there. That's my yes. dog. Um, so... Uh, yeah, so I was like drawing like Looney Tunes characters and like Tweeties for the girls, trying to get them to like nice. me and to work. Nice. Um, <laughs> right, Sonic the Hedgehog. Then I went to like doing wrestlers and stuff. And so I was just like drawing wrestlers to like, like John school. Cena or something. John Cena, wrestlers back in the like not WWE WWF days, like Stone Cold Steve Austin, okay. Rock, uh -huh. like those characters. Yeah, John Cena. That's 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 I would say. Um, once my wrestling phase kind of you know got you know got out of wrestling oh, okay. phase, you know once once my favorites started retiring or start getting really old they can't really do anything i stopped like you know watching uh -huh. wrestling um but then um yeah so then like even in school like i didn't really take artists seriously like maybe like elementary school and art club no art contest and it wasn't really until high school where my dean saw me drawing stuff for homecoming and she literally took me out of one of my, my classes, my magnet classes, and was like, you're going to go into art classes. And and so I give her props for oh, that, wow. for doing that. And so she was art classes, so that really, like, inspired me to draw yeah. again. Then I went to college. Um, in Texas, too? 
where yeah, I went to, in Beaumont, Texas, Lamar University, okay. LU. Uh-huh. Uh, I have no alumni, anything, <laughs> nothing. If somebody wants to send me a, a, a Lamar University Cardinal sweatshirt, please do, uh, especially for the free. Uh, I would definitely love and rock yes. it. Yes. Um, but you know, I pledged out file fun, so I was doing like graphic design flyers for my fraternity, mm-hmm. and I started doing party flyers. Then I switched majors in college and became a graphic Would design you pledge? Major. Alpha Phi Alpha okay. Fraternity Incorporated, nice. ice cold all day. <laughs> uh, my, my, well, my cousin's an AKA, but that's that's the closest to Alpha. Really, first yes. time. Uh huh. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Okay, so okay, so you, you're Alpha. Okay, go on. All right, my bad. And so I just I just want to throw that out there. That has nothing to do with much of what I'm talking about. I just want to. to it kind of does uh, in Hollywood, anyway. but we'll we'll get to that. Okay. Okay. All right. Can we yes. hear that part? All right. So. Then um, graphic design major where I was also doing art classes again. And I think one, one of the, the beauties of taking, of being an art major in college is that growing up in Texas, especially as a black man, a straight black mm-hmm. man, um, homophobia is huge, yeah. huge, right? When it comes to, to um, the black community, especially when it comes to, to black men, it's yeah. huge. And so in art classes, I had to take figure drawing. And this is when you have models who literally get naked. Yeah. You have to draw them, you know, one minute, 10 minutes, whatever it yeah. is. And I remember we were drawing women and then a man came into the class and he got completely naked. And I was like, oh, shit, the dude's like dick is hanging out. <laughs> I got to draw right? this. <laughs> I got, and so I tried to avoid it. So we had our big ass easel <laughs> with a big ass piece of paper on the easel. And I'm like drawing like the guy's like chest and like, the size of he's like looking at like a Ken doll. I'm Ken dolling it straight up, right? <laughs> and my art teacher, I'm terrible at accents, but she has European accent. She's like, no, 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 draw that, draw the that. And she, she forced me to draw the to draw the uh-huh. penis, right, with the balls and everything. And so, as soon as I did the little, you know, the little penis little tuft of shape, hair you know, above, yeah. As soon as I did that, I got really comfortable with just being a real okay. artist and being like, yo, this isn't about. Um, what your sexual purposes is, is literally about art. And so ever since then, whenever I started drawing, especially when drawing nude art, I never looked at it anything sexual. I looked at it as uh, my craft and I looked at body parts as yeah. shapes. So for me, drawing a penis isn't drawing a, a, a scrotum, uh-huh. right? Isn't drawing a testicle or genitalia. It's literally drawing shapes. Yeah. And it's just part yeah. of it. So the, the, I, I love that. Uh, aspect of it but then uh, after graduating couldn't find a job so I became a graphic designer making party flyers and and logos and business cards and um, it was good because I was getting to like all these clubs for free because I was making those mm-hmm. flyers but I was broke as shit so after a couple of years I decided to just go into um, to, to use my portfolio that I had going to corporate America mm-hmm. and it being Texas large oil and, and gas industry mm-hmm. Um, what is it that field? Uh, became lead graphic designer for a large oil and gas company, Conical Phillips. Oh, wow. I was there for some years. Yeah, I was there for some years. And then um, Instagram started popping. And I started seeing a bunch of these artists posting their artwork. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, I used to draw. I used to love drawing. I'm going to start doing that. So I started drawing more and more. This is probably around like 2014, 15. Mm-hmm. Um, and start drawing more and more to post the stuff. And and mind you, I was drawing all through college for fun and stuff. So it just, it just kind of reignited my love for art mm-hmm. again. Um, and while I started becoming more creative as an artist again, 
I started realizing I didn't like the corporate was a minutia, yeah. right? And it just kind of hindered my creativity. And the more I kept drawing, the more I hated corporate life to the point like I would literally go into work and I would be disgusted there, right? I would like, I'll get headaches yeah. and stuff. Um, and so in 2017, I decided to quit my job to become an artist full time. Mm -hmm. and, and even that in its sense was a difficult decision because it's like, I'm quitting this job. I'm making no good amount of yeah. money. I'm pretty stable, got my own place. And I'm sure your family like, was just like, you're not quitting your job, right? Like your, your family was probably like, don't do this. I'm, that's not really true, honestly. It's crazy, especially being, you know, Nigerian, having immigrant parents. You would think they would scold me for it. Their whole thing was just, they were saying, hey, just move back in with them. Yeah. Stay with them for six months. I mean, stay with the job for six months. So I don't have to pay rent. I can save up and then quit. Mm -hmm. That was all, So they had no problem with me quitting. Mm -hmm. My thing is that I just quit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? And so they were like, a, You took right, a risk on like, yourself. You took a, a, a leap of faith. Yeah. Uh -huh. Exactly, yeah. So that leap of faith, like it was like it was it was up there i was i was excited and then just went downhill for for Ooh. like half a year right because you're never going to be prepared for anything like that it's like i don't have children but i'm pretty sure yeah. you can um uh you can vouch for this that you you're never going to be ready right to have a no, child. no no never, no matter, never even no matter how much you prepare it's, so, it's it's everything is unexpected it's like an earthquake Exactly. Like there's everything I expect. So when I quit my job, everything's unexpected. Like my car broke down, like damn near immediately. Wow. I was supposed to, you know, I was supposed to um, move out of my apartment. Um, but I, I didn't, you know, give them a two months notice. So I just stay in my apartment for two months longer. And that took money out of my savings account. Uh. Um, then I finally moved with my parents. And that just felt like defeat. Cause I'm like, yo, I'm in my thirties. I moved back in with my mm -hmm. folks. Right. And, and it felt like I was just being, um, felt like a loser, yeah. you know, for a long time. Like I remember the last day in my apartment before I moved, there was no furniture mm -hmm. in there. And I literally was in the living room of my apartment with a blanket. And I was, I was like, want to cry. Cause I was like, man, I can't believe that I'm failing right yeah. now. And I, and that was my last, in a sense, that was like my last attempt to hold on to what I thought success was. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, and this is the favorite part of my origin story I like to tell, I like telling too, because once like I'm, I'm going broke completely, uh, lose my apartment, I'm living with my parents and the girl I was dating um, pretty much like ripped my heart out. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm like feeling, you know, really depressed in a sense. Yeah. And this is this, around December of 2017. And I remember I always want to do these comic strips because I've, I've, I've been doing like, trying to do comic strips years before. Mm -hmm. And I remember having a conversation with my brother-in-law and I was like, man, I think I want to do these comic strips to, to, to talk about my life. And, uh, and to, to backtrack, I was also trying to do all the other things as an artist. I was trying to make children's book. I tried to make a children's book for Beyonce's kids. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, that didn't, that, I don't think she even got the book. I spent so much money trying to get that thing printed. Uh, I went to children's book conferences trying to get better children's book. I tried to create drawing tutorials. I tried to create these animated um, videos of, of me as this character, which also became a precursor to my comic yeah. strips. But this is all um, like content I, for your, for what's going to happen later. This is all like, yeah. It, it's content, that was content. It was also me trying all these things as an mm -hmm. artist for at least half a year of trying to get some name recognition, trying to do anything, trying to drop YouTube videos. 
Um, I remember my, my sister-in-law gave me this idea of saying, once I quit my job, film myself for 100 days straight, right? Mm-hmm. In order to kind of kind of show everyone, like, you know, what my journey is going to be like towards becoming an mm-hmm. artist. And even though that didn't really, that those 100 days didn't really pan out to much, it did pan out to when it came to my, my actual growth, mm-hmm. where it taught me consistency because I had to literally record myself and drop a video every day for 100 days, something I thought I would never be yeah. able to do. And then the videos went from in the beginning of me just goofing around, going to comic book stores, hanging out, to I would say midway through, you start seeing me being more serious with what I'm yeah. doing, right? And actually showing, okay, I'm doing this, I'm drawing this, okay, I'm preparing this book, I'm going to this conference, okay, I made it with such and such to do this. And it, it just it just allowed a lot of growth now that I look mm-hmm. at it, look look back at it, that it was probably one of the greatest things I ever did. But anyway, so in December when I told my brother law, my brother in law thinking about creating these comic strips, but I was like, I'm not really sure if I want to be that vulnerable. He was like, What's the worst gonna happen? Like someone's not gonna like it, people are gonna post and people aren't gonna, you know, like what yeah. you're doing. And I was like, you know, you're fucking right. And so I created my first comic strip um that December about me going on a date, quitting my job. Uh, I'm go- going on a date and I'm telling the woman I quit my job, this really good paying job, blah, 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 in order to do what I love, which is be draw a cartoon. Yeah. And the woman runs off. <laughs> and you see like I'm like all sad and shit. You see like right. smoke or something, like her, her, you eating her dust or whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. oh, oh that's exactly what I put. I put a little, little Wally Coyote like cloud on, right? She's like, poof. Uh-huh. And so I've got like sad and depressed. And that comic strip got the most engagement of any of my Instagram posts. It wasn't compared to, to what my engagement um, did look like. <clears throat> it was incredible. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, yo, people are actually, you know, rocking with this. So I'm going to keep dropping these comic strips every Friday. And I ended up doing that through the rest of that December and throughout the rest of 2018. And as I did that, I was like, you know, drawing um, illustrations and my illustrations started going viral. My, my first big viral illustration was This is America fan art um, based on the This is America music video yeah, from Charles yeah, Gambino. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. And it and one thing I also wanted to do was show a journey, right? I've always I've always had that mentality of rappers and mixtapes, mm-hmm. right? You know, you know, when you hear people be like, "Oh, I knew that, I knew that motherfucker before his album dropped. I've been rocking with him since 2008." Yeah. You're like, "All right, shut the fuck up," right? <laughs> and so that was my mentality when it came to me as an artist. Where I was like, "Yo, I may not be where I want to be mm-hmm. now, but I want people to follow my journey." So I was just literally through all the illustration things I was doing um, and the illustration artwork I started dropping, whether I wasn't as great as I, uh, as I, I feel like I was, mm-hmm. even now I, don't, I still don't think I'm that good. I think most, most creatives think they ain't yeah, shit. You, yeah, you, right? and it's, yeah, you critique yourself very, very um, strongly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, very yeah. strongly, right? And so I, I think that's also a part of it that kind of keeps us yeah. humble, which I enjoy. Um, Cause I see other people's work, and they're like, "I started drawing like two years ago," and I'm like, "You did this two, two years ago? I can't even, I can't do that shit." So, um, but um, from so from my comic strips and my viral artwork, like those two became kind of of uh, two headed monster together, and started giving me a lot of notoriety 
as an artist. And then not only that, I was a black artist and I was doing a lot of, especially my comic strip started a black character, yeah. which we didn't really see um, in social media at that time. And then they were mm -hmm. funny. And I can't tell you how I got funny because I'm a really corny person if you talk to me. And I can't, t I can't tell a joke. I can't tell a story in person to save uh -huh. my life. I don't know. I don't know the technique to do it. Like I, it's, I, I, I am, and most of my friends out here are, are stand-up comics. I can't tell a joke to, and voc vocally to save my life, but put it on paper, on text messages, I'm gonna kill your ass. Because right. you're very charismatic when you meet when you meet uh, people in person, you are um, you you are very talkative. You're you're you uh, can hold great conversation. Very interesting, great storyteller. Uh, so I, I I can't imagine you not being funny in person. First of all, I appreciate the compliment. Thank you for the kind words. Um, I would say if it has to be like I said with a conversation, I think it's a lot easier. But if it's literally trying to take some kind of joke or story with a punchline uh -huh. and you have to actually tell it right that's where i i just i'm i suffer uh -huh. and i can't do it so it, naturally i think off the cuff i'm a lot better than it is if it was prepared mm -hmm. and but uh unless it's, when it's writing i'm way better yeah um so yeah that's so that's what pretty much got me my quote unquote claim to fame. And once I started getting um, bigger as an illustrator, can I still have like celebrity repost my stuff, news media places repost my stuff. Um, that's also when I get hit up to for someone asking if I wanted to turn my comic strips into a cartoon. Um, also hit up by, you know, other people, by other by some other projects that I can't really speak of, but also asked me if I wanted to do that kind of stuff. And I would say like 2000, beginning of 2019, it's, it's crazy how much stuff has happened all these years that I just forget about. Um, like me trying to pitch cartoons before. It's, 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 it's crazy when you think about someone's success and it almost seems like on the outside looking in is like overnight. But when you talk to them and they tell you all the things that they've done, you have to think about it, 365 days in a year, right? If somebody's been trying to get something done for four or five years, I, I'm not going to do the math, but let's think about 365 times five. That's every day That's a of lot. your life for five years. And you don't realize all the stuff that, that you've been doing or that person's been doing for that long to get to where they are right it's now. It's still impressive, though, that you decided that, um, you know, ConocoPhillips was not for you in 2017. And by 2019, you were kind of blowing up like you were you were getting some some notoriety, you know, so within the two years, mm -hmm. you know, so 365 times two, like, you know, 700 days, you know, you you evolved into, um, you know, someone who is uh, who like you're starting to see that this could be this. This is something this is a career right here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and even with the comic strips blowing up, I was broke. I was still broke, mm -hmm. right? Um, and I started getting like, you know, companies hitting me up to create um, ads and all those kind of things and those marketing campaigns. But again, still mm -hmm. broke. It's not like, like, great, like great money. And I think also people need to realize that like, just because you see somebody with a large following and they're doing such and such, doesn't mean they're still doing well. Like, it's still a journey. Like, don't expect them to be, you know, donating money or want to support this because it's really hard. 
at the time I had had, I had social currency. Mm-hmm. I didn't have real currency. I didn't have real mm-hmm. money, right? Um, so, but social currency, it, it, it took me a long way um, to where I needed to get to. And that helped with me moving to Los Angeles where I think this was March, literally March 1st, 2000. 19 because i got casted to be on this right at the start uh, of the pandemic like when stuff shut down no 2020 was the start of pandemic oh it was march 20 oh my goodness okay yep (laughs) because i i had one good year in la where i got to experience like at least which was was Uh great so um close close talking to to people yeah yeah no going to parties all kind Uh of stuff those kind of things, right? And so I got cast to be on this. It was supposed to be like this millennial black talk show, like The View. It was supposed to be online. Mm-hmm. So it's supposed to be like an online uh, web show. So I remember March 1st, I moved to LA. I didn't technically move yet. I just I had an Airbnb for like two okay. weeks. And Airbnb was costing me so much that I was like, F it, I'm just going to move to Los Angeles. Like, I got this show I'm going to be on. It's going to help me pay for my stuff while I continue to um, try to get my cartoon created. Because at this time, I had a pitch Bible for my comic strip cartoon. Called uh, Obi. I had a script written. Called mm-hmm. Obi, yeah. Called Obi. I had this for the uh, Obi cartoon. I had the script written for it. And that's also another thing that was funny. When, when I talked to like family members and friends, and because everyone's so used to me being an mm-hmm. artist, no one understands that I, I write now, too. Yeah. Right. No one understands it. Like I had a friend literally call me up one day and was like, so what do you do for your cartoon? Do you draw the stuff? And I was like, I don't even, I don't actually draw my cartoon stuff. My comic strips, yes, but when the cartoon um, is in development at HBO Max, I didn't draw the characters. However, I wrote the script along with my co-creator, mm-hmm. right? But, um, but I write scripts, I write stuff now, and it's hard for people to kind of understand that, especially people who only see me as an artist. Yeah. And that's why I have to kind of like sprinkle in. I'm a writer now too. I got yeah, like me. Because I was like, oh, illustrator, cartoonist, but writer also, writer, TV yeah. creator, yeah, TV uh, producer. And, and, uh-huh. Yeah, and, and and I understand. I understand. You know, if you know, you're like, oh, okay, like creative developer, because you wouldn't see me as a writer. There's nothing on my Instagram page, on my website that states I'm a writer. Mm-hmm. Nothing says it, right? It's just only people who really know this, like my manager, that kind of yeah. stuff. Um, and the people who like who who seen seen the scripts and, and seen the stuff that I've written, um, it's even funny. I think I even told my my dad a couple of months ago, and I'm sitting with my dad. He was like, "This is what you need to do." Right? <laughs> He's Nigerian. He doesn't understand how the industry works. He's like, "What you need to do?" He says, "You need to if you write it, and then you hire someone to make it funny. Oh, hire someone to put the jokes into it." And I was like, "This is the most <laughs> disrespectful." I'm like, I, I'm like. I my make the jokes. People like my stuff because I make the yes. jokes. Like they like the. It has nothing to do with. I'm like, you haven't read any of my scripts. You don't know what. The so like, so was Dad really trying like. to like kind of read you? Like you need to you need to step it up with the with the funny. Like you need to be a little funnier. You need to get a punch so up room. Uh huh. He was trying to help me, and I understand punch ups, right? And I have no problem having punch ups because I want my I want my stuff to be the best yeah. to be. But he, he was trying to help me, so it wasn't like he was trying to be mean yeah. or or just or disrespectfully like on purpose. He just never read any of my scripts. He didn't know I write. He didn't know any of that stuff. So he automatically thought that I just was I sucked as a writer. Yes. So I need to just hire other people to do my stuff. And I'm trying to explain to him like 
right now where I'm at in my career that people want to work with me because of my writing mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. now, right? Because the animation industry is taking such a brutal hit right yeah. now. It's uh, my manager tells me all the time. He's like, man, animation just it's going through some things, right? And so to the point, he's getting me to start doing live action stuff outside of oh, animation, wow. and I understand I understand the reason behind it because animation is being you know, annihilated is it's it's scary right now for animation. We can um, you talk about that because it's it's really interesting. So like um not to get into the weeds with it, but like, you know, HBO so HBO Warner Brothers has something going on and HBO is, is gonna be evolving into Ooh, to something else. Um a lot of their animation has been cut. Um Stuff that like my son was watching. There was a one about it was like a Mexican cartoon. I, I want to say it was like Valentino. Oh, Victor, Victor Valentino. And Valentino, really cute. He was watching that. Um, then uh, and they had some really great animation. Fox, who um, they're also I think going through some some tough times, but they they their saving grace has been their animation, like Great North, mm-hmm. Bob's Burgers. So so talk about that. Like, what's the hit? What's happening? So it's me being part of the, the, the artists and animation community, especially on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Like my Twitter is, is nothing but black Twitter and artists. Yeah. That's it. Right. And, and politics. So black Twitter artists and mm-hmm. politics and the, the, the animation community, man, if you just see, it just looks like it's almost saddening to see what's going on. Right. Because you have where people have been working on these cartoons for years. Mm-hmm. And especially like on the Warner Brothers side with HBO Max, and this isn't like secret information. Yeah. This is information that's literally out there for the right. public. And you see where people's cartoons, like there's a cartoon called Affinity Train. Yeah, like yes. And, and it's literally a cartoon that's come out within like the last five uh-huh. years, right? Very imaginative and, and yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And you have where HBO Max... <clears throat> literally took the cartoon off the off the, cartoon the streaming platform. Yeah. So yes, off Cartoon Network. It's off the HBO Max streaming mm-hmm. platform. They scrubbed it off the websites. They scrubbed it off of YouTube. Yeah. They scrubbed it to the point that it looked like it never even existed. Yeah. yeah. So if you're in, in anywhere from a storyboard artist to a character designer to a script writer to a voice actor, it's almost like you don't have any credit. Yeah. And I think a lot of times when it comes to this industry, which is when it comes to Hollywood, that's such a <clears throat> a cutthroat business. Like the glitz and glam of it is really what you see on TV, but behind the scenes is very, very, very cutthroat. Mm-hmm. And it sucks because, and this happens in, in not just animation and live action as yeah. well, where <clears throat> people's livelihoods are attached to these projects, mm-hmm. right? Where things decisions are being made for the business and the company are for finances but no one's looking at the repercussions of the people who are on yeah. it i know people who worked on live action shows where they they've written an entire script them their entire writers room has written an entire script for a show and they're like i'm so excited this is going to be the first time um i actually get some kind of credit and my name in the credits for a show was going to help prepare my career, uh, help prepare my career, career uh, further, yeah. right? And then all of a sudden, 
the creator or the studio, whatever, literally 10 scripts that are written from all these mm -hmm. people are just ripped away, thrown in the trash and have this one person write it, everything. Uh... And it's like, they got paid, right? And it's like, it's like they got paid the money, right? But it's not about the money. It's about the longevity. Their career is going nowhere after they felt so excited about finally being able to get somewhere. Even when it comes to actors in the industry where people would be like, I finally got my break. Mm -hmm. I'm, finally, I'm finally on this CSI show. I'm finally in this movie. I can't wait. And then the show, the movie premieres and their scene was Right. Out. Yeah. Oh, that happens. Yeah. I've, and they didn't yeah. Even know. yeah, I've inter yeah, I've interviewed actors where I'm like, oh, you're in such and such movie. Oh, well, my scene got cut out. Um, but then, yeah, for for writers, um, what's really uh, messed up. But what you were talking about is also that their notes. So you know, you're in the writing process, you're writing, but then the studio is giving you notes. Um, you're you're getting a lot of notes. You're doing a lot of revisions. So it's not just like you just write something up and you know here you go. So like there was a process happening, and and then all of a sudden, you know, stuff is 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 uh, thrown away. That that can be very and, and think, devastating. And think about it. And think about it, right? You have your concept for whatever you're doing, whether it's your show or you're writing for a show, and you love what you're mm -hmm. doing. And then you get these notes, and the notes come in. They're like, "Oh, we want you to change this. Can you do this? Boom, boom." And you make these changes, and then they're like, mm, "We don't want this anymore." And it's like these were your notes. I, these, yes. What? I just did what you I wanted. I did what you wanted me yes. to do. I knew what you wanted and you didn't give a yeah. fuck. Why right? don't you so like me? That's Yeah. <laughs> it's hard not to take it personally, but it's like you can't. Yeah. And that's that's the nature of the business. And so um yeah, people get like like Hollywood is a place where it will break yeah. you if you're not strong. It will break you. And, and I'm learning that kind of stuff, right? I think uh one thing that, that keeps me going is that I I am fortunate to have like all these projects I can work on. Um, I'm fortunate to where people are kind of seeing the value of what I can do as an artist and a writer, which is really mm -hmm. dope. Um, and I'm fortunate to where I'm on the end, which I try to tell a lot of people is try to get into the industry um, in a different way because especially as an actor, like if you want to be an actor, you're going against people who've been in the industry trying to act for 15 years. And if you've been out for three years, it's going to be very difficult for you to come in because it's not even about skill set. It's about who you know. It really is a, is a, is a place about yeah, who you know sure. and connections, relationships mm -hmm. for sure. Um, and then um, I talk to people, like say, like coming in, in a different route and also come in as somebody who brings benefit, right? Don't come in as somebody who's asked, who needs a favor which a lot of actors out here, when they when they meet directors or producers or casting directors, they're in a business of help me out, please. Mm -hmm. And these people who are decision makers are like, but what am I bringing to the table? You're not Leonardo DiCaprio. You're not Viola Davis, yeah. right? You're not any of these people. You're not Zendaya. Mm -hmm. So you're not putting butts in yeah. the seat where I'm in a business where I'm providing a service. Like, okay, I'm writing, I'm creating, I draw, right? I'm an artist. So people want to work with me because I'm helping them get to the next, you know, platform right. or the next There's plateau, like a whatever you want to call it. There's like a quid pro quo going on. Yeah. Exactly. Uh -huh. Exactly. So that that's what helps me out a lot. And then also, um, as a creative, I try not to do what other people have done. 
um, I think Puff Daddy said, I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, probably going to butcher mm-hmm. it, but he was like, if you're going to do something like someone else, try to do it differently. And so even if I have an idea that that may have seemed similar to somebody else, I see how can I switch it oh, up yeah. to change it? Because not, nothing nothing is really original nowadays. Right. It's very hard to find something that's really original. Yeah, and, and one thing that um, Amy has has said that, like, if you're, if you're seeing something, like, if you're seeing, like, vampire shows, like, out there on TV, then the studios are probably not looking for more vampire shows because that's they've already seen it they've done it they're they've moved on to the next thing so it's like you you kind of want to move on to the next you know something so you do want to make it different and that's funny because i had a meeting Mm -hmm. um had a meeting a week ago with uh someone who's a a head um at the studio of course i'm not gonna pay my business out Mm -hmm. there but i had a meeting and I remember I was talking to the person, and they're like, "We have enough space shows. Yeah. Like, this show's already in space. We have this one in space. We have this one in space." And I was like, "Shit! One of my projects <laughs> deals with people in space, right?" And it was funny. I was like, "Damn, that just sucks, right?" Mm-hmm. And like one and a half, one and a half of my projects deals with space. Yeah. And it's just like, all right, I guess I can't pitch that to you, that kind of thing. Yeah, right? you can't pitch it right because, now, yeah, but like, yeah, it'll come back around where they'll be like, oh, but do you mm-hmm. have that space show? Yes. And here you go. Exactly. Um, recently, uh, the show did, that didn't get renewed is A Man Who Fell to Earth. And that was um, yeah, that was that. really good, really good show, very innovative. Um, and you had two black leads. Um, you know, I feel like um, from what you're saying, you know, we were talking about America's Got a Problem. Um that's not an animated show, but it is, you know, thinking about America's Got a Problem, thinking about animation, animation's very white. It's very hard to get uh, a show, like we were talking about Victor and Val- Valentino, that's, um, you know, a Latine show. Um, Craig of the Creek. Craig of the Creek. And Craig of the Creek. And Craig, awesome. and fear Craig of the Creek may get canceled. Yeah, Craig of the Creek might get canceled. That's been on Creek maybe like six canceled. years now. I'm not sure. Um, uh, Craig of the Creek's been on maybe I would say about four, three, four, I mean, four or five years. Mm-hmm. And because the fifth season is coming okay. up, and they just cut the um, the season in half. Wow, right? They and have and then it has a spinoff on the little sister, oh. Jessica. And that show even come out yet, and they've already cut that season. Oh, my goodness. So, okay. So, Craig of the Creek, uh, it's a black family. It's white. But like, I think the stu- the showrunner's white, um, but it's... The, the, the two creators are, are white, yeah. but it has a lot of, like... But but I, I know someone who actually writes and voice acts on there. She's yeah. black. And there's a lot of black people in that yeah. world, right? It, it's, it does a very good job. I'd say about all the cartoons that's come mm-hmm. out as of late, this is the best cartoon that I've seen that not only does it does it, what it does for black culture because when it comes to the to Craig's yeah. family, they're yes. black. You can they're black from the mom, the dad, the grandparents, they're mm-hmm. black. Then when it comes to the friends and the diversity, whether, you know, ethnicity, sexual orientation, yeah. um, disabilities, this is one of the shows that's been the most diverse that I've ever seen. Yeah, um, it's a it's a great show. Uh, Wonderful it, message. Um, mm-hmm. my son was also, um, a fan, love that show. Um, great writing. It's, it's a, great yeah, writing. it's an awesome, Incredible. it's an awesome show. Uh, but you, so it's like you have that, um, but that's, that's the one. I don't know. I mean, there's, there's proud family, like the proud family had a reboot. 
Um, there, mm-hmm. you know, there are shows you really have to sift through them. Even uh, um, there was a show about the doctor, Doc McStuffins, when my when my son was yeah. really mm-hmm. young. That show I think got got cut. So it's really hard to it's hard to be an animation uh, an animated show in the one, but then to be an animated show featuring people of color, that's even harder. Mm-hmm. Um, and also to be a writer for an animated show, you're not paid as much as you are working on like a, like a regular show. Um, which, which doesn't make, which doesn't make yeah. sense because what the, the difference is that one's a live action and one's a cartoon. Um, and this is also what sucks too, when it comes to animation, when it comes to, um, you know, what we do in the animation world is that people look at animation and cartoons like it's for kids, yeah. right? Um, people look at animation like it's a genre. Animation is not a genre, it's a medium. So like when I watch the Emmys or I watch the Oscars and I see they have these different um, categories for like, you know, best writing in a movie, best director in a movie, best actor in a movie, best um, supporting, you know, actress in a limited series. Mm-hmm. But then it's like animation, best animated show, best animated movie. And it's like, yo, like animators, like where's the best storyboard artists? Where's the best you know, cartoon designers? You know, where are the best voice actors? There's no larger categories outside of you pigeonhole, I mean, putting animation, everything that animators mm-hmm. do, everybody animation community into one category. Right. It's very but limited. you have categories. Yeah, you have categories for composers. Mm-hmm. You have categories for, you know, screenwriters. You have categories for literally categories for episodes and an Emmy, but all the, and you have episode category, you have a TV show, the whole category, mm-hmm. but animated shows get one category as a whole. And I think that's honestly disrespectful for the animation community because animation is, is looked upon like the ugly stepchild right because during the pandemic animation was saving the the industry oh for sure and then it was saving and then once people were able to get on set again they just kind of like push animation to the side yeah i feel i feel like so there was a blackish episode that was all animated yeah all animation it was directed by matthew cherry oh incredible yeah, yeah guy, yes. incredible director yes right and you know he, he won the oscar for hair love phenomenal mm-hmm. right and like they did an episode that was all animation and he does a lot of uh, directing for live action, mm-hmm. uh, for sure. Mm-hmm. But it's one of those things like, yo, like people appreciate that kind of stuff. And I, and I, I it's one of those things that when, like I'll have meetings with, with people or friends who want me to help them, like when it comes to animated projects. And I would get, I, like when I'm talking to them, they would say stuff like, yeah, I want to create this cartoon. Cause you know, adults watch cartoons as well. And I'm like, yeah, I fucking know that. I'm like, <laughs> I'm in animation. I know adults watch cartoons, yes. right? There's a literally go on Netflix. There's a whole category called adult animation. Yeah, it's Hulu adult animation. But I feel like it was almost right? like he, he was sort of like psyching himself up, like saying, "Yeah, adults watch it too." Like it was just like. But, but this this is so many people that, that I've met who want to do animated cartoons stuff like that. They say this, right? Men, women, all mm-hmm. of it. And I'm like, yeah, of course we watch we watch cartoons and we do animation. That's and that's the view when it comes to um, to that kind of stuff where people think that animation is later for kids and it's not for kids. It is, and again, it's a medium. Right. 
That's all it is. Even when it comes to anime, people think anime is for losers. And it's like in geeks, I'm like, no, anime's anime has some of the best storytelling that you will ever you will ever watch. Right. Ever Cowboy watch. Bebop. It's so correct. Cowboy Bebop, My Hero, Demon Slayer, Naruto. Um, I'm I'm start watching this new one called Chainsaw Man. Um, trying to think what's the other animes that I watch. You got then animated great storytelling, adult animation, BoJack Horseman, yes. one of the best animated shows out there. Rick and Morty, one of the best animation shows out there. Then we talk about kids cartoon. You got Craig the Creek, one of the best kids cartoons out there, right? You had Gumball. I love Gumball. I was going to um, mention that the best Gumball, best, best jokes, ones. so hilarious. Best jokes. Owl House is incre- yeah. incredible. Right, and so you have all these cartoons that people people don't want to watch because one, they think it's for kids. Mm-hmm. That's one, right? And they don't appreciate the art form. But if you actually just watch it and see the creativeness behind it and the storytelling behind it, you'd be like, "Yo, there's a reason why these people have fandom. There's a reason why we go to Comic Con and people are dressing up like cartoon yeah. characters and not just superheroes." Yeah, because because in it. A- in an animated show or movie, you could really there's so much expansion in the in the the way that a story is told. Like you know, Into the Spider Verse um, wouldn't be what it was without animation. Like to to be able to to tell a story where um, you know characters morph into to different things or time travel. Like there's mm-hmm. so there's so many things that you can do within animation. Um, and, and, the, and, and the way they use animation from looking at Into the Spider-Verse, um, that animated movie, to, let's say, a Pixar movie like Coco, mm-hmm. the two animation styles are completely yeah. different. And they use them well um, to benefit them, mm-hmm. right? Even if there's, there's a, there's a um, show called Undone, yeah. and the animation style is called Rotoscope, uh, Rotoscope yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And they use that style because it's supposed to be like a psychological kind mm-hmm. of show. And again, that's what I'm saying, like animation is not a genre, it's a medium. You have Jordan Peele's movie uh, coming out with a window in the wild, mm-hmm. right? And they're using claymation. Oh, wow. Right? And so I'm saying like animation is a style. I mean, it's a, it's a medium, mm-hmm. right? It's not a genre. And I think once people um, start being more aware and getting more in tune to that, it will get a lot more appreciation. Yes. So talk about talk about you so talk about like um you you've recently um you've been suffering with like tendonitis so mm-hmm. what what is your process like for for do you free draw like do you have like i'm imagining one of those like um like architect like slanted desks uh for for drawing like do you do you use yeah. that or do, do you use just like a regular desk or like your kitchen table um do you load it onto uh, a program or are you just like drawing like how people like draw on like a Microsoft screen with like a, like a, mm-hmm. a digital pencil? Like how, how do you create and then how has your recent injury affected that? Uh, so I do, I do both. I do pencil on paper, like pencil and sketchbooks. I, Cause I just, I just still love the feeling of what a, a pencil or a pen is on a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. Um, just incredible. It's like I, I've drawn so much that I don't even, when I write in my like actual notebooks, just writing notes and stuff like that, I don't even use a pen. I use a pencil to write mm-hmm. everything, um, which I think is not a good idea because I have to write harder to kind of see the lead. But I'm just so used to drawing with pencils um, 
But then when it comes to my digital work, I have a Wacom Cintiq. Uh, I actually have two. I have, a, I have a big one. I have the 22 one. And I have the smaller a version. Wacom? That I, yeah, Cintiq. So it's a digital uh, tablet that it has to be powered by an electric outlet. And it also connects to my iMac. Uh-huh. And um, it's, a, it's a separate screen. So it's like a, a um, like 22 inches big wow. or whatever. And I use that one. And then I have a portable one. I think that one's also, I think maybe, is that one 16 or 15? I can't remember exactly. That's the one I take, like, if I, if I go on the road or if I go, you know, home to Houston, whatever, so I can work on that mm-hmm. as well. And so when I'm drawing on my, in my sketchbook or on a piece of paper, um, my surface is usually flat. I used to draw where the table was kind of, you know, lifted yeah. up a bit. And then once I started drawing flat, I got a lot more comfortable drawing that way. It's not good for your posture. Yeah, no. That's for damn sure. You're just oh, like hunched over. Yeah. Hunched over. But I, I got used to drawing like that. It, it feels a lot better. My drawings start coming out a lot mm-hmm. better doing that way. And then I like drawing digital because digital is easier to fix your mistakes. Because there's a, there's, a, there's a trick that we do when it comes to drawing that when you draw something, you need to look at, you need to put your drawing in the mirror and see it in reverse. And that'll kind of tell you like what looks weird, what looks mm-hmm. wonky and what you need to mm-hmm. fix. So we use a digital tablet on the program I use, Clip Studio Paint, which people use Photoshop. I'm a, I'm a big Clip Studio Paint guy, mm-hmm. though, um, where you can just click a button that says, you know, flip yeah. horizontally, and it'll flip that image to where it mirrors it, and you can see what looks wonky right then and there and fix yeah. it. Uh, it's a lot easier. And then, of course, coloring-wise and, and all that I can do, especially if I want to do, like, you know, make prints and things like that, it's a lot easier. Um, but that one kind of sits up mm-hmm. right. And so I ended up getting tendonitis from two reasons. One, with my drawing hand, I was working on a project. This was over a year ago. Working on a project, and I overworked my, my, my hand. And so I ended up getting tendonitis on the, like, owner side of my wrist. That's the side where the pinky is. Oh. And, yeah. And so right there, it's like, when you see that, that wrist, and there's that little bone that yeah. kind of sticks out on the wrist, uh, on the pinky yeah. side. That whole area is just fucked, right? Wow, and, it, and that's a very specific so, pain because typically, like, I've had wrists. I had a sprained wrist, but like, I felt it like by by my thumb area. Yeah, yeah. but the, the and I, I, yeah, that's a really hard thing to uh, to remedy. It's hard yeah. to remedy, and it, and it's, and from like what the doctors say and my physical therapists say, it's because no blood goes to the area, so it's hard for it to heal. Um, and then, of course, it being my dominant hand, it's hard for me to do anything. Um, it's, it's, it's tough to do a lot of stuff. Like I can hold cups, I can open doors, but a lot of times where I'm just in pain, yeah. right? And of course you don't see, see it, right? Um, and then, so I overworked my, that wrist, got tendonitis, and then later on, this was last year, and later on that year, I got in a car accident, oh. which a lot of people don't know about because I don't post a lot of that yeah. stuff. I don't post like, I don't post my car being totaled. I don't, I didn't post any of that shit. Um, but I got a car accident, and that happened to me in in August. Yeah. But yeah, oh yeah. really? Oh sorry. Yeah, but but you're okay. What, what what happened? So I, I was okay. So it was a car accident. Somebody ran a stop sign. It's L.A. People don't fucking drive. So somebody ran a stop sign. I ended up t-boning them, and then when I t-boned them, my car turned, and somebody ended up t-boning oh, me. Oh no! Right, airbags deployed, de- deployed all that shit. Car totaled, and. The thing about it was that, 
it's crazy because like the paramedics, my homeboy came, tell me out, and they're like, you're lucky that you even walked out this crash. Um, the only injury I sustained was my other hand, my left hand. Uh, I guess they say because the airbag or whatever happened, my Apple Watch scraped against my wrist, yeah. and it kind of burnt up my my wrist. Oh on the my side. god! And, and it, it, it looked like it was burnt, like it was like kind of bubbled up or whatever, yeah. and ended up looking like I had carpal tunnel for a long time. But it wasn't carpal tunnels, and my tendons were so inflamed, it was making the nerve. It, it gave a sensation like I had carpal. So tunnel. I'm imagining it was but from like, of, that second T-boning. So there was that one, I'm, and then the I'm second guessing, one. Yeah. I'm I'm not even sure. It, it, I'm, I'm thinking it's probably the first mm -hmm. one. It's probably the first one because the airbag. Oh was my god! Right, it's crazy because I rem it's being in that car wreck, and I can so vividly see everything. Like everything was like in slow motion, like seeing the the, the first car, the car that ran the stop sign, and then literally I don't know how I envisioned or saw the other car come to hit me, even though it was from the side. And I just remember just bawling up in the car, right, um, when it happened. And that's and that's actually that's why I, I believe it was that that first accident because I remember after I hit the car the first time, and then when this other car was coming, I just bawled up and put my hands over my my wow. head because I was like, it was crazy. It was it was it was, it was it's crazy how how I saw that. So anyway, um, so. I ended up getting tendonitis in my right hand, and because of the tendonitis in my right hand, it made my, my I'm sorry, tendonitis in my left hand, because of tendonitis in my left hand from the car accident, it made the right hand recovery, you know, just pretty much stop, because I couldn't use my left hand anymore. Oh. So I had to go back to using my right hand, and so now I'm switching back left, right, left, right, and both of them are, are, are damaged, right? Yeah. So I've been dealing with this for over a year, um trying to get to heal and it's just it's just really tough so mentally mentally it's um mentally it's it like fucked me for a long yeah. time long 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 time um i remember one of my friends was telling me he was like me handling really really well and i was like you y'all guys aren't around me 24 hours a yeah. day like it's it's crazy right um so that that that's taking a toll on me um art wise i barely draw mm -hmm. Like this year, I've barely been able to draw. I think January, I was drawing and my hand gave out because I was still trying to draw. Yeah. Uh, and then for about nine months, I didn't draw anything. It wasn't until I went to this conference a couple of weeks ago where I started being able to draw again, like at least doing little sketches, mm -hmm. which is good. And it kind of realigned me as an artist. That was the best thing that ever happened to me going to that conference called um, uh, THU, Trojan Horse Unicorn. Mm -hmm. That was the best thing that happened. Um, it seemed like meeting other artists and creatives and inspiring me and motivating me again to get back into it. Um, writing has been held because I can't really like typing at one point, typing on the keyboard was just painful right. for my fingers. Like it felt like I just had pins and needles on my fingers. And mind you, like I got to write scripts. I got to write manuscripts. I got to write pitches. Mm -hmm. I can do all that stuff. So that was, that was killing me. Um, so it, it took a big toll, it took a toll on my productivity where I couldn't work. Like my productivity went down to like ten percent. Wow! I can't really do anything. I'm no, I'm, I'm not getting like people are sending me jobs I can't do, right? Things like that. So it's it's crazy, um, just how much that affected me. One of the things that it did help out with though is um, first of all, I'm a lot I'm a lot better mentally where I am where I was before. Yeah. Um, 
a lot better. Mm-hmm. Not saying it's great, but a lot better. Yeah. Um, physically, it still, it takes a lot mm-hmm. of time. Physically, still nowhere near where I should be. Um, not even close. Still feel pain in, in both my wrists right now as we speak. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, but yeah, but I, what I did learn was to to count on people. So when it comes to a lot of these projects I, I did, and unfortunately I'm in a space now where, you know, I have the the funds to hire people to do stuff, right? So I hire people to help me transcribe, right, my projects where, hey, I got such stuff going on. I'm going to tell you what it is. You just, like, write it, type it, yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, for other projects that I want artwork for, I'm hiring character concept artists, things like that. So when it comes to actual projects that I'm hired to do where people want my actual you know, artistry to mm-hmm. do it, I'm going to do mm-hmm. it, right? But when it comes to projects that I'm creating, I don't necessarily have to draw the stuff. I don't necessarily have to physically write it yeah. because I'm pitching it, right. right? No one's saying, hey, Obi, we want you to draw the cartoon too. No, it's more like, hey, get an idea out there. to give people to help. And so now um, I already have like a business incorporated, but now I'm really started thinking of myself more as a business on that aspect when it comes to um, creating projects and and shows or movie projects mm-hmm. that I want to do compared to, to the part of me just, that's just an artist. Yeah. If that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, totally. And I'm also thinking of just uh, famous artists like Jeff Koons or Kehinde Wiley that are visionaries mm-hmm. and they have artists that work under them and that, you know, mm-hmm. will create the vision that they want. So yeah. there, that exists for sure. Yeah. Yeah, but but I I I'm I'm never gonna do anything to where if someone says, "Hey, Obi, we want you to draw this," right in your artistry, I'm never gonna do where I'm gonna hire somebody to let's say do the coloring for me, um, in that aspect of things. Like when it comes to like my actual artistry, like if it comes to like a, a book or a graphic novel or something like that, that makes more sense because having a team helps, especially with all the stuff that I do right now, it's hard to do everything. Yeah. So like, I, I will hire somebody to do the, the, the storyboarding for it. Uh, I will hire somebody to color, mm-hmm. right? I don't have an issue with that. But if it's like, actually like, Obi, you're an artist, we want to hire you to create this artwork or to promote something or whatever it is, I'm going to do it. I'm not going to hire anybody to do that aspect of it. So I still try to keep, keep my integrity and, and keep my um, my love as an artist when it comes to those aspects of things. Yes. Um, yeah, I, and so uh, just a, a pivot, like what is currently ticking your, tickling your fantasy, your fantasy? What is currently t- like tickling your fancy <laughs> in terms of like the type of show or movie you would want to work on, create? Man, I got so much stuff. Um because like my my goal is to have a kids cartoon on TV, mm-hmm. an adult cartoon on TV, and a kids movie. Those those are my my three goals, mm-hmm. right? To at least get those three done. And so, mm-hmm. um, because because I always told myself ever since I quit my job, I told myself that I didn't want to work for anyone else. I always wanted to work for myself. Mm-hmm. But of course, like, you know, my manager's pushing me to be like, no, we need to put you in the writer's room, get you experience on the writing staff, whatever. And I, and I understand that. So I'm not I'm not saying, OK, I'm against that uh, kind of stand. And it's also going to take me, you know, more pages. Like I'm, I'm trying to trying to look, you know, 
in the future things, right? Years in the future yeah. and not short term. I'm trying to look long term to understand that. Um, but right now, it's just what projects don't I want to do? I'm, I'm always trying to do different projects that aren't similar to other things, depending on what I'm talking about. Um, it just sucks because the only I can't really talk about a lot of things that I'm, I'm trying to do or want to do, right? From NDAs, from just the way the business works, not talking about things. Um, man, I'm trying to I'm trying to answer this without trying to be vague but like and not horror. just like um, it's like it's like you know it's the month of October, it's spooky season. So like I I don't know any horror cartoons. Um, Witch House coming out Window in the Wild. Oh, that okay, okay. I mean, I mean I can't yeah. Think. But there might yeah, be so, some so comedic Jordan elements. Jordan Peele created, uh -huh. yeah. Jordan Peele created, but both Michael um, Keegan uh, Key and uh, Jordan Peele are, are voicing it. Oh, oh, that's great. That. Yeah, um, so that's gonna be great. Uh, I would say horror. Like I would love to do horror. I just right now I know that that's not a strong suit of mine. A strong suit of mine is, is, is mainly comedy. Mm -hmm. So even with the, the some of the projects that I'm working on whether they're just regular projects that feel kind of like animated sitcoms, they have comedy in it. Mm -hmm. Projects that are, are kids, are adult action, um, animated projects or cartoon projects, illustrated projects, they have comedy mm -hmm. in it. Um, I do want to create stuff that's like just action-based because I love anime, right? Mm -hmm. So um, I'm trying to develop things for that as well. I'm trying to make animated movies. So um, and, so those kind of things that I like, say tickle my fancy. Uh -huh. But also because I know stuff like drama is in my strong suit or horror is in my, my strong suit or romance is in my strong suit, right? Where I do want to get into the business of taking these projects of people who have really great ideas and actually help bring them to life, mm -hmm. right? Um, like I know right now where I am in the business, I'm not there yet, but I know I will be. And once I'm, I'm there, that's going to be one of my my goal is to help that because I meet a lot of people with great fascinating ideas. I meet people with ideas that suck, that can be better. Mm -hmm. And I would love to help them like develop into better projects because I'm the same way. Like not everything I do is incredible. Not everything I do is good. A lot of things that I do suck as well. Um, even the Obi cartoon, when I first started developing, it wasn't that great. And I needed assistance with people like uh, outside of me trying to learn how to write and, and research and study. I, I had people help me like understand what it takes to craft a good sh uh, a good show or craft a good script, and so I want to you know do the same for other people as well. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, I can't wait to see mm -hmm. what you will create. Um, you know where where the show Obi will go. Um, this is it's so great to talk to you. I could talk to you about anything. I could talk to you forever. But like, mm -hmm. let's play a quick game before I let you go. All right. So this is just like some rapid fire questions. All right. Um, I I actually eliminated one one because uh, uh it was like uh, on a scale of one to ten um like how good of a driver are you and I I, I took that out so I'm not gonna ask you that hey, but I I, I know you're a good driver I know my, I know that was I I would say good driver I'll give myself 
a seven. Now I would say a seven. One thing that bothers me, especially after the car accident, man, I forgot what it's called, but it's like a phobia of driving, yeah. especially on highways. Yeah. Or just in general, because people in LA they drive yeah, terrible. Like there's no, like they, they don't give a fuck about anybody else on right. the road. They don't give a damn. It's like people in LA because they drive like they're the only important people, and everything that, and where, where they have to get to is important. Yes, it's like chill the fuck <laughs> out, calm down. Like you don't have to run every stop sign, run every light. You don't have to honk. You know when you're in LA and you literally got your blinker on because you're about to turn, mm-hmm. and the person behind you honks. Yeah. Like, get out the yes. way. It's like my blinker yeah. is wrong. Yeah, I've gotten that. What's yeah. Your, it's stupid. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, but, no, super, super uh. annoying. Um, And just the, uh, yeah, the, the selfishness, the indecisiveness, like, um, oh, you know, oh, God. I'm just going to turn. I'm just going to turn no blinker. You know, I that that's that sucks. Last night I was driving to get some food, and it was just like these two young girls driving like some kind of like Mercedes, like, like SUV, mm-hmm. wasn't a truck, Mercedes UV, mm-hmm. right? And they're in the left lane, I'm in the, in the right mm-hmm. lane. And I'm trying to you know, let's go to the speed limit. And they keep veering into my lane. Oh. And I'm honking to get them away. And they keep veering back into my lane to the point I'm like, can y'all not drive? Or y'all just like inebriated? What the fuck? Yes. Is and so by the time I was able to like, get near them or like next to them they look at me and i'm like yeah i'm the motherfucker who's honking at you because you keep bearing into my lane trying to hit my car yeah who knows what they were on yeah yeah who knows um yeah i'm i consider myself a seven also uh i went through a red light recently and i had to do traffic school um i didn't i <laughs> that... oh wait cop pulled you over no i just like they got me on camera it was pretty bad. <laughs> anyway, I did I did traffic school, and um, one thing that I I, uh, I I the takeaway was that just give people the right of way, even if you, um, even if it's your right to make that turn or go straight or whatever, just give give the person the the right of way. Just let them go before you. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay, yeah. And and just like you were saying, don't be in a rush. I, I tend to, um, like, I'm trying to get, you know, my son to school. I'm trying to get to whatever. I'm always late. Um, but, yeah, now I, I really need to just take my time, uh, go a little earlier. But, 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 but being in a rush is understandable because, one, things happen. Two, you run into like, some traffic out here, which I don't – traffic on the highways don't really bother me in L.A. because Houston has traffic like that. I'm used to yeah. it. It's the traffic on the streets with all the street lights. That becomes annoying. Yes. And so understand it, right? Understand it. I, I, it's more about being in a rush, okay. But just be aware that there are other people on the road too. It's not all about Share you. Share the all road. It That's it. Be, be Sharing friends. is caring. We're in this together. We're in this together. Yes. Yeah. 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 Don't, yeah. Okay. So, and then again, I was thinking about America has a problem. But uh, anyway. Um, okay, let's let's uh, let's get into this um, rapid fire. So, what is the last song you sang out loud? Ooh, um, damn! I was singing something this morning. Damn. Okay, let's say the last song I actually remember singing out loud. It would either be uh, Snow Legras. Um, how did it go? Damn! It's off of um, Ooh, these feelings. Um, you know the main song. 
from that damn sounds of the few here well in my life i don't know it oh my god snow allegra me. yeah someone someone son Everything about you, someone, someone say, someone, someone, so I just want to get away. Now I'm gonna get to you. Ooh, I was on the show. Someone, someone about you, someone, someone say. I can, I, if I, when the oh, song comes Swedish. on, I know all the words. Yeah. Oh, oh, she's fucking phenomenal, phenomenal. I'm gonna check it so out. When, when, when the song comes on, I'll send it to you. When the song comes on, I know all the words. When the song's not playing, I know none of them. That one, and then um, I've been on a Daniel Caesar um, You. That's been a, a big one for yeah. me. Yeah. Uh, um, even though I have no, I'm tone deaf, but I love seeing that. Who would have thought I'd get you? I love that song. And then probably maybe 21 Savage. I think I'm a gangster. Nice, nice. Not even close. That, that one, is that what to get too amp, like before like a pitch meeting? Put on some Twenty One Savage. Oh, what? Oh, Twenty One Savage gives me uh gives me up for a pitch meeting. What's another big song? Um, I put on by Young Jeezy featuring um, old Kanye. Uh, yes, that's this new motherfucker here. The artist um, formerly known as yeah. Kanye. Uh, um, uh, uh Jay Z's um story of OJ. Nice. I love that song a lot. Um, and Wale Sue Me, I love that song too. That's a really great song, uh, inspirational song. Nice. So, next, next question texting or talking? <sighs> talking, nice talking. One reason because my hands texting isn't the best thing right yeah. now. Yeah, or do you do and the voice? Do you do voice a lot? I do voice to text, mm -hmm. it only gets you so far because yeah. everybody's like, Why don't you do voice to text? I'm like, everybody, I'm like, I do voice. It only gets you so far. Yeah, and right? then it doesn't, like, always um, understand every word you're saying. Yeah, so you end up having it to type it. Yeah, it's it, annoying. Yeah, and it's, so I would say talking, main reason um, texting, because sometimes when I'm working, texting interrupts my flow, whether if I'm writing or I'm drawing, so I can't keep picking up my phone. Um, talking, because I love to talk to people about, like, the ideas I want to mm -hmm. do and brainstorm and things like that. Um, so I'll definitely do talking. Mm -hmm. Uh, more, yeah. Favorite city in U.S. besides the one you live in? Oh, LA's not my favorite city. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh, it'll be, oh, I love Houston, of yeah. course. I love Houston, but I would say D.C. D.C.'s nice. I think D.C. is phenomenal. Um, it's a nice walking city. I, I just, you walk the city. I love, you know, Chocolate City. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna say the food. The food isn't the food isn't like you know Houston, Texas, of course. There's good Nigerian food. I just food. love the fact. I didn't have the Nigerian food out oh. there. Um, I I, th I think it's uh, first. Wait, what do you think? Because I just eat Nigerian. No, food, no, huh? I'm just saying that that was one huh? of the features. Huh? One of the features of DC is they got good Nigerian mm -hmm. food. Well, I I, just, I love I love the fact that something that LA that LA doesn't have. LA doesn't have a strong black community. Oh. And I say that in the sense of, I say in the sense of like coming from somewhere like Houston, mm -hmm. right? Or if you're in Atlanta mm -hmm. or you're like um, these, these other cities where um, you can go places, like say like DC and there are stuff where you know where your, your black brothers and sisters are going to be at yeah. to hang out with, where the coach is going to be at. LA doesn't have that. LA has to be, someone has to throw a party. Right. right? I had to be an exclusive event you get invited to. There's no like lounge or 
no like sports bar where you know like your people are going to be at kind of like you could kind of find that in south la like where i live um like crenshaw slawson area lamert park yeah like in inglewood yeah Yeah. those kind of places yeah but people like me who are pussy Mm -hmm. i don't want to go there you know what i mean why so because i've always because how I grew up, I've, I've grown up where in my community where I've always had to like look over my shoulder. Not saying I didn't grow up in the hood or things like yeah. that. But I know I know things happen. I, I didn't grow up with a lot of violence. I grew up with a lot of drug dealing. But I've always had to be aware yeah. of what the fuck is going yeah. on. And, and I've grown aware of like people will test you, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I don't feel like doing that shit. Well, I don't feel I like don't, doing that I don't stuff. get that vibe here. And I lived in Brooklyn for a really long time in Flatbush where people do test you every day. Um, and I, I, I don't, I don't have that feeling around here necessarily. Um, people, I feel like um, black people in in LA are pretty cool. Like they're pretty, they're pretty friendly. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, you do have to get invited to parties because we all live in our cars. We have to drive someplace mm-hmm. to to connect with people. So there is that. Um, for Lamert Park, like we have to walk like a couple miles to get to Lamert Park. Um, and you know, we go to like a specific place. There's not, not really any nightlife in Lamert park. There kind of is like, um, they have like, I think on Fridays they have like a outdoor dance party. Um, but for the most part, like it's, it's a place to go during the day. Like there's, um, there's hot and cold, the cafe there's, um, Napoli naturals. I think it's called like for like hair and like, um, uh, like oils and stuff. So, you know, there's, there's some, there's, see, 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 there's see, vibe. You don't have to look see, over your shoulder. I don't know anything. Yeah, just come. <laughs> just come out. And, and, and I, I will, because I don't know anything. I don't know much about when it comes to South yeah. LA like that. Yeah, yeah. Because cause, cause I've, I've come to LA and I've come to LA where I've come into the industry, which that's that's a whole different beast in itself. Mm-hmm. Like dealing with archive in the industry is so fucking annoying and irritating because you meet a lot of, you go to these events and they're so pretentious and I'm like, I just want to get the fuck out yeah. of here. Right. Yeah. Um, but like, and I, I do want to get, I would say I do actually want to get more, know more of the locals because man, the local Los Angelites mm-hmm. is Angel- or Angelinos. Or uh-huh. Angelinos. Yeah. It's man. Like they're so cool and down to earth compared to the transplants who move here who think they have uh, to be a certain yeah. um, Oh yeah. But uh, it's, yeah, it's one of those things, like I said, I haven't really ventured into um, South L.A., which, no, from what you're saying, I'm going to have to start yeah. doing it. I, I, have to get used, I have to get used to the music, too. I'm not used to L.A. music. You know, I'm not, and, and I'm not used to how you know, L.A. people talk, you know. It's, just, it's, just it's different. I'm from the South. It's different, yeah. yeah. Even, like, my son started to kind of adopt sort of, like, California ease, like, because he had a really strong, really? like, Brooklyn accent, and now it's sort of like, um, I don't know, like he sounds a little more like California, and I'm just like, no, um, but I don't know what else to do. <laughs> um, like, like you know, my husband says ketchup, and so I'm like ketchup. So, and then like he'll, I'll catch my son saying like ketchup, like don't don't say ketchup. Oh, oh, people from Los Angeles say ketchup. Ketchup, ketchup? yeah, ketchup. Ketchup. Yeah. Oh, shit. And even then know here that. I know, around, only, uh-huh. I know people say I know people say Buster. Buster. That's all I know. Like if somebody's a Buster. Hey, Buster. Hey, Buster. Like Dr. Dre? Like, who says that? (laughs) I've never heard that. That's like, that's like from the chronic. Who says that? That was like 30 years ago. Buster. 
And then, like, you know, they're not used to the music because then the music, all I hear is, like, the little, the, the bells, like, the ding-dong-dings and the rap music and the beats, like, ding-dong-dings. Okay. Ding, people see walking to the beats and stuff. I'm used to, I'm used to bass and, you know. Like Houston. Hard-hitting drums. Yeah. I'm used to Houston. And I'm not, I'm not saying I'm, I'm, like, I'm not saying like I'm all about Houston rap. I'm just used to, like, Houston music, Houston lingo, Houston people. So I got to get out of that conference. Yeah, come come like, out. That kind of stuff. Come out. Yeah. And then, um, you know, my husband plays at the World Stage, also Lomart Park, a lot. Um, there's there's a lot of really good music out here. Um, and, uh, yeah, you just, you got to, yeah, just, just take take a take a drive come I'm, I'm assuming you live out in the valley i don't know where you live no i'm not in the valley i'm um i'm near the grove oh okay so, so i'm not far yeah oh you're not i'm just i'm just i'm literally 20 minutes on la brea from England. okay so you're in a great but you're in a great area of la it is a very white I'm area. In a safe area you're in a safe area, a safe area. <laughs> 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 yes i mean you you are you're in a safe area um, but it's it's my a very white my area. Parents, my, parents, my parents were worried, right, about where I stayed, and they came to visit one day. They're like, "Oh, you know what? We're uh, good. They're like we're fine with this. We're good. All right, we don't have to worry about where you were." Oh, OMG! <laughs> You'd be fine here. Just come, just come, come to South LA. We'll we'll walk around. Um, we'll we'll meet. We can meet at uh, Baldwin Hills Scenic Overlook, where it's it's like nice walking area. Um, that's that's also like you know in in the you know the middle of this area there's there's a lot there's lots to see anyway okay next question yeah. two more would you rather be able to speak every language in the world or be able to talk to animals every language in the world me too me too yeah after, after going to europe i was like man i'm we're, we're us americans who speak one language you know, I would say not a disadvantage, but it's just, it just sucks because you see all these cultures can, can talk to each other. And it's so fascinating hearing people speak like two, three, four different languages. I don't give a fuck what a deer has to say. Yeah. You know what <laughs> I mean? Which is, which, but what if it helps your cartoon actually, game though? But I just said something that's really fucked up because one of the projects has to do with humans yeah. hearing what animals yeah. have to say. And so... That's so fucked up that I said yeah. that knowing that one of my projects is literally based on that. Those project and animals like, oh, are like, mm. you know, you know what? I would say this for my imagination. Animals, okay. Right. For the sake of your project. But for real life. Uh -huh. For real life humans, because I want to go to Tokyo and be able to speak to people. Oh, in that Tokyo. would be that would be awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah, because I feel like if, I feel like in real life I met a bear and I was like, hey bear, don't attack me. You can be like. I don't care. I'm going to swipe at you no matter yeah, what. I've, right? I'm going to claw you. Yeah. Last question. Is there a line from a film or TV show that lives rent-free in your mind? Oh, from a film or a TV show that lives rent-free in my mind. I have lines from, from songs. I'm trying to say we're from a movie. Um, I would say Training Day, Denzel Washington, my nigga. Yes! <laughs> that's, that's the one right there because when... when when someone helps me out with something or wants to help me out with something, I was be like, my, my yeah, he's and he's <laughs> that's probably the big and there there were like uh you know he would use it in different moments like um you know if Ethan Hawke is disappointing him or if yeah if somebody gave him something like he would the way that he would just change it that one simple phrase to mean like ten different things, pretty incredible. Yeah, 
And and one more. In the dark night, um, when Alfred told Bruce Wayne, he was talking about the Joker. He was telling he was telling a story. Alfred was telling Bruce Wayne a story that was kind of, you know, an analogy of what the Joker was doing. And when Alfred said, Some people just want to see the world burn. Ooh. And the reason and the reason it resonates true. with me because, you know, as a creator, yeah, the writer creator, when it comes to like writing villains, the villain has to have a purpose, yeah. right? A villain has to have some kind of goal that they feel like um the goal is something they feel like is a good thing, right? Like they're trying to help out. They're trying to better the, the world of humanity or they're trying to like resolve a situation, whether it's Thanos trying to you know, snapping his fingers yeah. so that he can save the universe like um, good, by getting rid of half the population. Yeah, good intentions, yeah. right? Or Mr. Freeze trying to find a cure to save his wife. Right. Right. Where the Joker just wants our killmonger, right? Of of stating, you know, this political stance when it comes to, you know, black people, mm-hmm. things like that. Whereas the Joker just wants to show that people are fucked up. He just, and he just wants to show about destroying the world. Mm-hmm. That's all it is, right? And so stating that, hey, everything doesn't have to have this good intention behind it. And I thought that was fascinating. And they did it in such a great way when, when discussing, I mean, when um, when developing Heath Ledger's Joker. Yeah. So that sticks out to me a lot. Yeah, and, you know, uh, very reminds me of Putin. Like, you know, just some people want to see the world burn. <laughs> Just want to see the world burn. Yeah, that's it. So that's, and that, it. that's so. where we're at right now. <laughs> this is worth what's happening in the Woo! world, and we're just like, just sitting, sitting ducks. But anyway, my very last question to you is: What is making you happy these days? What's making me happy these days? Um, I would say, man, being realized as a as a creative. Like I said, that conference I went to, yeah. THU. Man, that helped me out a lot. Um, I got the people I got to meet in the industry, the artists and other creators I got to meet being there. Um, and so that and knowing that I know that I, even though right now I'm not in a position where I can, I can actually do what I love, mm-hmm. however, I can do the other things uh, that I really enjoy, which is create projects, develop projects, you know, write um, in a sense. Um, and just have the ability or, or knowing that I'm, I will be able to kind of not show the world what I can do, but share my ideas with the world and have people enjoy them. Cause all I want to do is when I create stuff is not really creating it for myself. It's creating because I feel like these are really, uh, good ideas mm-hmm. and things that I want people to see and enjoy and, uh, and love and cherish and just find happiness through it. So that's what brings me joy that knowing that I'm, I'm steps closer to getting that stuff done. That's amazing. Right? Yeah. And just to keep mm-hmm. going and then you will heal. Um, but yeah, just, it just yeah. takes time. Um, but that's so, uh, that's so amazing that, you know, you're, you're, you're creating, you're meeting people, you're building connections. You are, um, you're a Hollywood player and you're, you're doing it. I guess I'm a Hollywood <laughs> player. <laughs> but 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 I I I I would say yeah you're right I am learning so much more about the industry mm-hmm. and the way that I think what I think was helping me out so far when it comes when it came to like selling a TV show um, and and doing these other projects that I'm currently working on 
uh, is that I was able to figure out things. Because so, I look at a lot of things like puzzles, mm-hmm. right? Where even in a sense, when it comes to, to um, navigation, where I have a really good sense of direction. If I was an X-Men, that would be my power, sense of direction. <laughs> um, They'd be like, where are we going to go? I get and then Obi would come like, through. Oh, with Obi close up. Just come through and just like, <laughs> I'm just floating in the air. I'm just like directing people. Like with my hands, go this the way. The human compass. I have a really good sense of direction. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's my name, compass. That's yeah. Fucking, oh it's my evocative. God. Oh shit. Yes. But yeah, but it has to be with a K, so it looks cool. Nice. Oh no, our our compass with a Z at the end. C O M. I feel like that's a Haitian band. I'm compass. not sure. Really? Yeah, I feel. Oh, but shit. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I could be wrong. Could be wrong. Okay. But go on. Compass. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So um, so uh, yeah. So when I look at things like puzzles, so it's easy for me to figure out like how social media works. Mm-hmm. And I try to tell people all the time, like, if you want to get your social media popping, you need to do such and such and such and such. Uh, whether they listen to me or not, but I figured out, you know, how that the works. Algorithm. When it comes to the algorithm is shit, right? Yeah. But however, even with the algorithm changing, there's still certain things you can do in order to get what you need to get done. And then when it comes to um it's funny because I know people listen to this and be like, can you tell yes. me? And I'm like, no, not oh, now. No. Another day. But <laughs> I'll give the you one secret I'll give one Obi-Wan. One, one tidbit. Teach people. Okay. When you teach people on social media, uh-huh. your following comes up. If you realize people that teach and show people how to do things, their following increases. Wow. So always teach people. Whether you're an artist, teach people how to draw. Whether you're in the fashion, teach people how to style. Literally, there's somebody who teaches you how to pose for pictures. Your following always get, goes up. Wow. It's always, always teach people. Um, so that's one. Um, but um, I forgot where we're at. Compass. One blank. The human compass. There we go. Me, compass. All right. So, um, but I've learned how to, I, I kind of figure out like, you know, the things you have to kind of do to kind of get through the industry. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that it's, it's a hundred percent. I'm not saying that, you know, it's foolproof because literally I'm still trying to get there, but what I'm doing has been helping me so far and getting where to where I need to get to and how I've been um, meeting people genuinely. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And also learning, you know, um, how to align myself with people in, in order to help get things, you know, accomplished or, and things like that. But again, a lot of it also has to be genuine. You can you can sniff out somebody who's being yeah. fake. All right. Because I've met people who literally can do a lot of things mm-hmm. and certain things. And whether I'm like, I like we don't have a great vibe, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna continue connecting with this person. Or I know they can do things, but I just really enjoy this person's company. I love their personality yeah. to a point I really do just want to hang out with them and kick it with them and I don't expect anything from them. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And those genuine friendships connections help out too. But even, I, I just learned even like when it comes to writing stories and developing things, what works and what doesn't and what you need to do. And, um, and I'm still learning, but I'm, I'm getting a, a really good grasp of that kind of stuff. And even like we said before, how to get into the industry um, instead of going the, the, the way that everybody else is doing, like what it takes to get at least a step further or a step closer to where you want to, uh, where you want to get to what you want to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Wow. Obi, just just teaching us just so much. I love I love I love how you said it like I'm your son. Yeah. Wow. wow. 
Gold wow. star. Star. Uh, good boy. Okay. So I'm going to let you go. This has been amazing. Um, yeah, maybe we'll come back for, for, um, together to talk about like, I don't know, uh, something, something else, like how to, like, you know, something with the algorithm, like how to, uh, how to beat the algorithm or something. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure something out, but like, to, to get, you mean give the secret the sauce? The secret sauce. I, I, and, see, I, and I was fortunate where I got into the game when it came to social media uh, before the algorithm started changing. So they helped me out a lot too. Um, and, but then, and, and man, yeah, so much when it comes to social media. It's my, my way of thinking, the advice I got when it came to social media and, and why I don't really put too much into social media as much anymore because social media can only take you so far. Right. And I've also, I've learned being uh, a creative out here that people, you, when people who want to work with you just for your social media is literally more for promoting stance, you know, stances, but if they really want to take you seriously, you have to show that you're more than just an influencer. You have to and have product. I think once people, you have to have, you have to show that you can do more than just make 30 second skits all day, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You got to show more than you You just, you're just an Instagram model. What else are you doing that's showing? I think I was telling a friend, um, you know, who's a model and she's, she wants to do a lot more on, on social media on, on Instagram to get her following up. And I was like, you post nothing but yourself in bathing suits, right? Real talk. Like that's... Yeah, she's like, all my followers are men. I'm like, because you show nothing but bathing suits, right? And she was like, but if I don't show bathing suits or me being, like, pretty, I don't get engagement. I'm not an explorer page. I'm like, you're true, but your engagement comes from people who are going to benefit you, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You need to start switching it up. If you're a model, post pictures of you being a model. And she was like, I won't get followers. I said, because you also have to dress like you're a model, you can't wear regular clothes and post pictures because nobody cares. But if you show that you're creative in your fashion and what you're wearing, then you'll start getting these other followers yeah. to come to your page. Right. Right. These other people. Yeah. Right. Be show that you're more than just somebody with bathing suits. On. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'll follow I'll follow models that show what they use, uh, like their nighttime face routine. Like, I love that. Yeah, show so, like showing so the things like thing, that, right? Yeah. And they're teaching and you're following, right? Mm -hmm. If you're a model who's like, hey, I'm look what I'm wearing, and you don't have to even put like I'm putting this on with this, I'm doing this. All you gotta do is just hey, you're posting that, and you be like outfit by such and such. I got it from in your comments. I love this outfit by such and such and how I put this together, boom, boom. Thank you, such for giving this clothing. That's still teaching, right. right? And you're doing more than just showing I'm a pretty face. You're showing like, hey, this is my career. Start using your Instagram as a business. Your social media as a business. That's another secret sauce. Use your social media as a business. Do that kind of stuff. Once you start rewiring the way you think about social media, it's going to benefit wow. you. It's not going to come within a couple of days. It's going to come within, it's going to take some time, but it'll be worth yeah, it. Yeah, I need to do that. Thank you so much. This has been incredible. Thank you. Um, so I'll, I'll sign off. We'll see you next week. I'm Yummy Coco. Keep your lamplight trimmed and burning. Bye.